Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. So far this last week, we had a chance to enter the Magic Kingdom as it reopened, had our opportunity to get the initial impressions of what we were seeing and experiencing. We then went to Disney's Animal Kingdom and had a chance to see just between it and the Magic Kingdom the dozens and dozens of ways in which Disney is trying to protect its guests in this uh, creating this bubble against COVID-19. We then headed to Disney's Hollywood Studios, the park I was probably looking forward to the most, to see how everything was translating there, especially in the experience of the new Disney's Galaxy's Edge. And now finally, we have an opportunity to visit Epcot. Epcot stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Well, I would say that in this case, it's two other things, one being Epcot every person comes out tired, and Epcot the prototype of what may be good and bad during this COVID period. So make sure you take the opportunity as we go through this podcast, either during or afterwards, be sure to check out our notes page as we have dozens of photos from the park, plus some links and some videos. Uh, and we're going to we're going to have an opportunity in a future podcast to really go into uh, details about the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. One experience there isn't going to give me enough to really deal with it. And so we're, we've got an opportunity to go back early uh, this next week and we will give you a great experience there. We also have another podcast where we're going to canvas all of the parks and talk about what's kind of new. Separate all the COVID and all the COVID changes or the changes happening. Let's look at what's going on in the parks and what's happening and what's new. So we'll cover a little bit of that today at Epcot, but we have more to come in upcoming podcasts. Now, let's start right at the entrance uh, to the park. What has been going on even since uh, before COVID was the reimagining of the entire entrance area. And I have to say that so far it's looking really good. You know that there were always these, or previously there were these berms that sat um, uh, in a long vertical form that kind of pointed towards Spaceship Earth. Those have returned uh, leaving the Leave of the Legacy uh, images behind. We'll talk about that at the end. But the center of this planter, which um, points towards Spaceship Earth and the new fountain, is a much wider planter. You recall that in many cases when there's a special event, such as food and wine, flower and garden, what they'll do is, is they'll theme this out. It's pretty simple in our diagram right now, but it is much wider and gives them a bigger stage to better announce and to showcase uh, uh, whatever festival or event is going on in the park. The only thing that was interesting is that the rear of this planter are some trees. They're fairly low level trees and they kind of frame Spaceship Earth in a nice way, but I think people are wanting a full Spaceship Earth ball and I, I'm not sure that those, I love the trees and I love all the trees that have been put into this opening area because 
we need more shade in the park. And boy, was this made abundantly clear again as I did this death march around Epcot. Now, I spent uh, a lot of time... Uh, sorry about the lightning storm in the background. I spent a lot of time, 12 hours in the Magic Kingdom and about uh, six hours at Animal Kingdom. I spent about eight hours at the studios. Honestly, I did a little bit more than two hours in this walkthrough. I didn't have chance to go back later in the day, but I did go right at the opening of the day, which gave me some great insights. But again, we'll have more to come as we as we move forward. Also, my children had an opportunity to go the day before, so they've uh, provided some additional photos and images as well. So take be sure to, again, check out the notes page. But at any rate, this, um, this planter is kind of interesting, and the whole entrance has definitely got more trees and much more landscaping than the Leave a Legacy experience had before. So it's very promising. The trees aren't very tall. I look forward to much more shade throughout the entire park, especially to what has been a future world in the past. We have a little uh, sneak over the peak. Look, I'm a tall guy and I'm always able to get a good photo of what's going on behind the fence. In this case, you could see the fountain. It hasn't really changed since uh, prior, prior to uh, closing of the park but it, the fountain is still there and still uh, being planned for. I think what was interesting is I emerged to Spaceship Earth, usually in the mornings, there is a, a robust line of people uh, ready to visit Spaceship Earth. Um, now, mind you, I, the park's hours are 11 to nine, so this opens later than any of the other parks. I think I said differently the other day when we talked about Disney's, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. But this one opens latest and closes latest, 9 p.m. I arrived around 10.30 and the park was open, which was very cool. They're doing this so to spread out the public so we don't have a whole bunch of people standing next to each other waiting for the park to open. That's all well and good. People were socially distant in the queue. So it looked great. Still, the thing that one couldn't help but notice was that here at park opening, there were very few people uh, in line, unlike most days when you are at Epcot. I took a right in the newer area that they have carved out of that goes up around uh, to the front of the Living Seas uh, during the construction period and hopefully Thereafter, I love this path because it gets you over to what has been Future World West very quickly. Entered Sea Base Alpha, which looked really cool, uh, especially prior to opening. That I mean, it was opening, but it was prior than the stated opening time. Noted that uh, Shark World uh, had been roped off because, again, as an interactive child's play area, not necessarily a COVID-friendly place for um, surfaces. Headed over to the land pavilion again, uh, beautifully, just looked great to be back at the land. Uh, there were a couple of things that seemed jarring, however. One was that a lot of cast members were still prepping for the day. Uh, it almost seemed like they hadn't gotten the memo that even though the 
official stated opening time was 11. The park was really going to open prior to that. The other thing that was kind of different is that Garden Grill is one of the only character meet and greet locations in all the parks. But with the late opening officially at 11 a.m., it's not even offering breakfast currently. And so it looked at 10.30 in the morning, 10.40, quite empty. In fact, it didn't even look like they were out and about making preparations for lunch. It just seemed kind of empty. Went next door uh, to the exit of Journey Into Your Imagination. There had been a number of improvements to the space which had dwindled as a post-show to the attraction over the years. Uh, they had built um, two really impressive meet-and-greet locations and then a Mickey meet-and-greet location at the entrance to the theater. And all this looked really great when they built it, but now they're not doing meet-and-greets, so none of this is available. And even uh, long-established interactive play areas such as the stepping tones, you know, where you step on the carpet and it lights up, makes a sound, that type of thing, those are not available during the period of reopening. So what has happened here is essentially this is nothing more than just a colorful exit out of that attraction. Um, all of it, again, it was great to be back there, but it just had this emptiness to it that seemed even more striking. I mean, we talked in other podcasts about how how small the crowds were and what advantage that was to being able to go on rides and attractions. And it certainly was the case here. And yet it just seemed empty. I uh, headed over toward World Showcase where there was a few people coming in from the area of the boardwalk and around Crescent Lake uh, Resort area into the parks. Uh, know that um, Starbucks is open first thing in the day and it has probably the longest queues of any uh, food and beverage outlets. So so uh, still seems to be a hit, even though this is a temporary location. Um, tested some things uh, that we'll talk about in the Food and Wine Festival review, and then came up along to what is Epcot World Showplace. A lot of people aren't familiar with this uh, event facility which is nestled between Canada and the UK pavilion. It's nestled quite far back, actually. I never understood why it was so far back as a facility. It was originally part of the Millennium Celebration. And if you remember, you kind of practiced playing soccer in Brazil and you went on a, um, you went through these giant decorative Easter eggs in what I believe was Sweden. And then there was a simulator experience through Israel, about six, seven uh, countries, all represented with like mini type pavilions. It was kind of the, the communicore, for lack of a better term, of pavilions. Um, that has long gone and has long since been made into an event pavilion for large uh, business groups, which again is not uh, not coming soon to Disney because of uh, it's just not advisable to do conventions and conferences right now. So they took this space, quite large, and they put not one, not two, not three, but four uh, different 
um, food and wine booths in there, plus a little entertainment stage, plus a lot of either standing tables or a few seating tables. Oh, let me tell you again, we'll cover food and wine another day, but let me give you as a hint, this is, this is the must-have attraction for every food and wine festival because it is, it, it gets you out of the heat of the day. It is so intense out there. Here we are mid-July and, uh, and so it was a welcome respite from everything else in World Showcase. Well, after sampling that for a few minutes, headed back out toward France. I uh, could see behind the fence the sign for Ratatouille. Um, no opening soon, a temporary signage attached to it, just simply a boarded up fence with the word Ratatouille at the entrance of that area. Um, more to come on that, obviously. I think, in fact, I'll just address it if I haven't addressed it already. I think there will probably be a press event in the October-November time frame unless things sink further um, and the parks close. I think they will eventually. I think it's probably 98, 99% ready to open. They're just waiting for the crowds to justify opening it and bring it on board and making it part of kind of, okay, it's a new day, it's a new era, and we're gone past the COVID period and we're getting ready for it's it's really the signature event signature attraction that kind of kicks off getting ready for the 50th anniversary for all of Walt Disney World um, and yet uh, until we get past some of these things I don't think it's going to be happening anytime too quickly in the next weeks or a couple of months to come what was great is seeing the Skyliner back in operation at Walt Disney World. Not helpful in the, if you're that kind of individual who likes to park hop, but it was just really great to see that working. I'm sure resort guests are enjoying it. And I believe that even if you're not a resort guest, you could probably board those and take it over to someplace like Sebastian's at, at uh, Disney's Caribbean Beach, a resort and enjoy enjoy a meal over there. I um, have to check on that, but I think that is an option you can enjoy as just a day guest in the park. While in France, I pressed my uh, eyes toward Chez de France and probably saw one of the most painful vistas in the whole park. I posted the photo. It's a closed restaurant. There are so many restaurants in World Showcase that are currently closed. They cannot open them, partly because there just isn't really that much demand um, among guests, because there aren't that very many guests. There is no nighttime show that kind of is the draw to people dining in uh, the evening hours. But the biggest issue is that international cast members have had to return back to their country, and there is it definitely is not going to happen this year. Um, there's no uh, notice, maybe at, maybe in the holidays, maybe come holidays if things go well, but otherwise probably not. Um, and that's sad. It's sad because I think of the, I think one of the true characteristics of World Showcase is not just the splendid architecture and some of the fun attractions. It's the people who host these pavilions, they 
bring a a realism to the experience it makes you feel like you truly going around the world and some of those great cast members from Japan from Morocco from uh, China from Germany this is just a part that just is just hurting right now at Epcot not having that that part of it there now almost every pavilion almost had uh, a little kiosk to go with it but largely they are manned by people who are not from that host country um, it's just, um, and they're, they may be featuring foods from that country, but they're not, they're not necessarily coming from that host country. So again, disappointing posted another photo of these empty streets along the promenade. And I just, I contrast that in my mind with traditionally what it looks like during, um, food and wine. Of course, in summertime, it can be pretty empty looking in the park, but not this empty looking. This is very different. And it's and it's it's just jarring. And with the searing heat on the pavement, it's it's really hard to get into let's walk around the world. It just doesn't quite feel that uh, that vibe that you feel during these uh, international festivals. I went into the Art of Disney that was originally in the front of the park. It's now been moved as the retail space in the American Adventure. And uh, in the corner there, they've always had, well, in, in that retail space, even in the front of the park, they always had an artist kind of on duty who would come and you selected a character you want to draw on and that individual would do a picture of that character at the end of the day, the artist didn't always work the whole time. You know, sometimes they worked just eight hours of the full park shift. Um, and so there'd be a little Mickey Mouse photo uh, sketch that says the artist will be back tomorrow. See another cast member if you have any questions. Thanks. You know, something of that nature. Well, that sign was in place on the on the drawing table. Uh, only in lieu of tomorrow, they had taken a, another piece of paper and it now stated the artist will be back another day see another cast member if you have questions thanks i'm so thrilled that we're out the gate and that we have opened these parks and given people employment my my son-in-law is an example of that over at disney's animal kingdom he now is back to work full hour shift he's gonna have more than full because there's no um, college program uh, folks working so he's he's got a pretty good schedule moving forward but there are so many cast members who have yet to return I I would doubt that half of the cast member maybe half I wouldn't say much more have probably returned to Walt Disney World to work um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was some management people let go in the days and weeks to come this is and and then you think well if this is tight and tough and difficult at Walt Disney World let's take it to surrounding hotels uh, the new JW that just opened up uh, that's centered in the middle of the Walt Disney World property or the Swan and Dolphin or the Hilton's over by Disney Springs their attendance has got to be less and then you back it up to International Drive 
or to 192, and you wonder if these things will ever recover uh, because the attendance is so, so low in the area. There just are not that many people coming. Um, on some better notes, you do get some great photos with these pavilions when there's few crowds because you can just, you know, frame these beautiful images and, and they are beautiful pavilions. Another thing that was also encouraging was that the crane that was working on the new Harmonious uh, attraction is still back of house. Behind Germany, there's a little lagoon area that, you know, there's a bridge between China and Germany. There's a little lagoon back there that where they have a dry, not a dry dock, maybe there's a part dry dock, but, but there are docks for the um, pontoons and other boats and other floats that come out for uh, their nighttime fireworks and other things. And it was encouraging to see that they hadn't just given up on that entirely. Don't know that that'll come anytime soon. I think it might possibly be timed to when Ratatouille opens. Um, that would be a great message if you could combine that. Space 220, by the way, is not open and uh, should have been open by now. So, you know, could you time all three of these things together? That would be great. Headed back around. Oh, before I left Germany, uh, noticed that the Carmel Cooch had a different set of doors for entering because now all retail spaces and F&B places generally have one place for entering, one for exiting. So you're not having um, bottlenecks where people are, are coming face-to-face uh, -face with each other. Um, and I actually, that looks kind of better uh, the way that's, um, that's all been lined up. Um, for many people, the ride to do while you're in World Showcase is, of course, Frozen Ever After. Unfortunately, you may have to precede it with Heatstroke Ever After uh, before you get on to Frozen Ever After. As um, the socially distant queue, they really did a pretty good job of taking what was the old theater and the old dock uh, exit of the attraction and make it an uh, a boarding and ex uh, unboarding area for the attraction and creating a queue of the um, of the frozen village. So that that was really cool, but it's a tight area and so only a portion of that queue has been used and that means in order to socially distance everyone that queue is backing up backing up backing up and you could see that it was all the way backed up toward china so you are you're standing in the heat hopefully the line was moving quickly many of them are um but uh but still you're making a uh, a choice to be in the heat before you get in the air conditioning uh, rounded out World Showcase and then headed into um, just what has been my favorite space since it reopened, the old Odyssey, which now hosts the Epcot Experience. Uh, and I, if you haven't seen the film, I have it on my notes page, the original film. There's been a few changes. Uh, the first is the film footage of that section of the film showcasing Spaceship Earth, our shared story, that's been removed. As well as footage and props. There was, and there was a photo meeting place or photo uh, place for Mary Poppins. All of that is taken out and gone. Uh, 
Also, interestingly, the model is missing for the festival pavilion. Now, I'm going to talk about this in our upcoming. Uh, it is the image of it is still in this show, but the model has been taken out. And uh, I want to, again, treat this into a, another dialogue for another day. I have some thoughts and ideas around that. And, uh, and then also I should mention, though, uh, the, only photo, the only props that were left in the whole thing was Ratatouille, which was a little concerning because there was also props and a photo op for Galaxy's Edge, the coaster, um, I am certain and confident it will be finished out, built out. They've gotten too far on this thing to not do so. But you become a little discouraged when you come by and you have to go by the old Universe of Energy Pavilion in order to exit on that side of the park. And let me just say, um, there has appeared to be very little done since last March. I mean, when they said construction stopped, construction stopped. And you'd think with these pavilions so big, you could take 10 construction workers and still keep going and stay about 100 feet away from each other. But notwithstanding that didn't happen, it didn't look like anything happened. It was still on standstill. And that was a little disappointing. I do believe it will come in about a year from now. But uh, probably in time for the very first of the the celebration on October 1st of 2021. But we're going to have to wait longer. I think if we hadn't had COVID, that attraction would have opened um, probably at the start of 21 as opposed to October. But I don't see that quite happening at this point. On a more positive note, there was, if you draw a line between um, universe of energy and test track and from the Epcot experience kind of over by the restrooms on future world east you'll see that they've taken a planter and they have redone this which was as I recall just some low-lying brush and grass um, or uh, plants and grass but they have redone it um, with a lot of trees in fact I'm just counting this photo one two three four five six seven, eight trees from what I see in this planner. And this planner is not that big. Um, and it looks beautiful. I think this is a foretelling of what the new landscape package is going to look like as these, um, as Future World becomes the three uh, new worlds that are arriving at... Um, you know, we're going from what it was, future world to world discovery, world celebration, world nature. And this little piece was in world discovery, as is all this on the west side of, uh, of, uh, of uh, future, what was future world. And by the way, I think there are a lot of things that are still coming, um, especially because they've torn up the center of future world, what will be world celebration. I think there will be something, it may not look like what it is, the, the pavilion that we spoke of a minute ago, but I think the new Walt Disney statue, I think that the natural environment with the global design elements, the new restaurant for Electric Umbrella, the new uh, shopping area that replaces Mouse Gear, 
Um, I think a lot of that is all kind of, of course, Moana with water. I, I'm, I'm just assured in my mind that those elements will all be, will all be coming, uh, to the park. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of good and cool stuff that is still very much on its way. You can see in the, uh, in the images I show a picture of the construction work on Mouse Gear. And if you think this was just a re-wallpapering, let me tell you, they have gutted that puppy, um, which explains why they took all the time to take the old interventions east and make it into a Mouse Gear gift shop um, for the time being, because I don't think, I don't think the new Mouse Gear is going to happen anytime this year and maybe well into next year before we see uh, it actually show up um, because it clearly has been got. I mean, you could see all the way through from the one side to the other side of uh, Mouse Gear. So speaking of Mouse Gear, by the way, again, all retail, all food and beverage locations, they try to create a designated entrance, a designated exit. It can be frustrating when you walk by the entrance, realize you have to backtrack or you have to go around in order to get to the entrance or vice versa, but they have now a mouse gear exit uh, that has been added that wasn't there uh, before the closing period. We head back out of the park and I just want to draw um, a note that um, one thing that has come about is that there was already a new security area on the east side of the entrance. A new security area, though a little smaller, has been added on the west side of the entrance along with a really great landscaping package again it just really makes me feel very encouraged that this is going to be a greener space when especially the front of uh epcot reopens and then also if you if you're if you're familiar with epcot you'll remember that between the entrance of the park and the parking lot itself you go past what has been this kind of low green berm, kind of hilly, but not much of any, lots of large trees on it. Almost looks like, um, um, well, I would say it almost looks like a park. But the problem is, is over the years, they have trashed this space. Uh, they'd always have, they would be parking cars, like security um, or cop cars, onto the grass of this area, or they would be putting temporary fencing uh, up around there, storing um, temporary things. It was really left in a trash. I, I couldn't believe that nobody took a step back and said, you know, this, this needs to not look like this. And by the way, you ought to mow it on a consistent basis because that's what we do to pavilions. Well, there's a fence up around all this. I was able to grab a good photo of it. Um, know that there's more to come for this. It is kind of holding stuff still in a construction phase. But this is actually where the former Leva Legacy tiles and all that's supposed to come back in some kind of park-like form. And let me just say, it, it, something significant needs to happen here. There needs to be a gradual transition into the entrance of Epcot and not just this abrupt, especially because actually... I think more people walk to the front of Epcot 
than ever take the trams because most of the parking space is right up close and it just doesn't justify waiting for a tram. You might as well walk it. Why not have these spaces much more green and much more inviting as guests approach the entrance of the park? Well, we've covered, we've covered a lot about Epcot and we haven't even gotten into the Food and Wine Festival. And honestly, we haven't addressed some of the things that have been stated as, as intending to close or not sure what their status are. We still have another podcast. I want to go around all four parks in one of the podcasts next week and talk about everything from the castle to closures um, to just all of these different things um, to, to the cavalcades. We haven't really covered any of the cavalcades that are out in the parks and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll have some kind of combined video on that that's what i'm hoping looking to do and uh, and excited f because we have still lots to cover um in the meantime uh if you haven't already please make sure you subscribe to our podcast please so you have notices because we will be doing several of these we also have a surprise podcast i'm not going to give it away a short little surprise podcast next week, and I'm very excited for it. And I hope you will take the time to listen to it. It's really cute. And uh, so we got a lot of great stuff uh, planned for next week. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you take a look at our notes page. Make sure uh, that you uh, that you join that uh, page as well. Again, as Simbad says in uh, number 37 of our podcast, always follow. The compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll talk real soon. Bye-bye.